Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome in. It's Miller and Condon here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Let me just take a minute and soak this in. Oh, it's great to be back, folks, and glad you're with us here on 1460. As Trent Condon and myself will take you up until noon, as we will each and every Monday through Friday for the foreseeable future, uh, as uh, we talk the world of sports with you. Coming up on the program today, we will head down to our uh, to our buddy Scott Darkerman from The Athletic. He's still in Tampa. Uh, before he gets on his airplane and makes his way back to the fine state of Iowa, Scott Darkerman will chime in at about 10.20. We'll recap yesterday's Outback Bowl, take a look with Doc. Uh, at the upcoming uh, Hawkeye basketball schedule and their season, uh, as Big Ten play gets underway tomorrow, they are on the road to Purdue. Six o'clock tip TC, I believe. Six o'clock uh, is when the ball goes in the air. Scott Dockerman coming up at 1020. I do have a couple of sacred cows. If you've listened to the program for a number of years, you'll know that, well, Bama Bob is going to be a part of it. And Bama Bob is going to be here with us at 1040. Stephen M. Sipple is our other one, but we're going to save the Nebraska conversation for... Well, maybe until it's relevant again. Uh, well, I should say that. Nebraska is the needle mover in the state, and I think that this year, without a doubt, I think both fan bases got a little nasty on towards each other, and maybe the Big Ten was right by trying to force that rivalry. The games haven't been great on the field. This year was an exception, obviously. A really good football game that uh, went Iowa's way. But Stephen M. Sipple, not here today, but he will hear from him. Sorry, whether you like it or not, Sip is going to be a part of the program. Uh, Dylan Montz is going to join us. I'm looking forward to talking to Dylan in person. I didn't know this, uh, but Dylan lives uh, really close to the station, and he's going to, I'm going to try my darn strength and I both are to really elevate his brand I think he's a terrific writer I think he's a really good interview he's a solid reporter he works his you know what off and Dylan is going to join us at about 11 15 today and we will take a look back at the 
Alamo Bowl. Uh, as Iowa State fans, and you know, I mean, to nobody's surprise whatsoever, they made their way down to San Antonio in mass in a pretty entertaining football game. If you take a look back at this slate of bowls that we see, that we saw rather, whether it went your team's way or not, and I know in this case it didn't, um, it was a hell of a football game, really was. And a hell of a year for Iowa State. So we'll do that with Dylan. Take a look at the uh, Oklahoma State game tonight. I, full disclosure, I think I've seen maybe 15 minutes, maybe. Uh, that might be being generous of Oklahoma State uh, play this year. They played Nebraska earlier this year. You know where that game was, Trent? That game was in the... Um, where did you go last year to see Iowa? In Sioux Falls? In Sioux Falls, yeah. yes. That's where that game was. Uh, and I didn't... I think that was the one. Anyways, I've been seeing a ton of Oklahoma State. I know they're not very good. Fair. Mm, the, yeah, they're they're six and six. They they're rebuilding in year two, two under Boyton. Yeah, this is when you're looking at the schedule and you're looking for road wins. This has got to be one of them. This has to be one of them. Absolutely, I agree. And we'll do that with Dylan coming up here at about eleven fifteen. Now, Trent and I don't normally when uh, in in the how long has it been eighteen months or whatever it was that we worked together. We, we we're never big on a lot of phone calls. I know that that is something that um, is appreciated here, that the interaction with the with the listening audience is a big part of KXNO. And I'll talk more about KXNO in a minute. I just want to get into the show. Um, we will carve out every day a time for you to join the show if you want. I think that, you know, as, as, as far as what Trent and I do, uh, we have a lot of guests. I think we have a really deep bench of guests, with the exception maybe of Iowa State. Fair to say. And uh, you and I now will be able to build my old buddy, Alex Halstead. Right. So I saved him for you in the afternoons yep. in your afternoon drive show, and, and we relied on Dylan Montz a lot, and we still will. But our guest list is, is strong. David Kaplan is going to be here with us each and every Wednesday. Well, not this one. He's actually going to join us tomorrow. I just didn't think Cappy fit today with everything that's going on with the Iowa game, the season ending yesterday, with Iowa State tipping Big 12 conference play tonight. But David Kaplan, if you've listened to Cappy over the years, uh, he's a terrific guest. He really is. Um, he's as tuned into the Chicago sports scene as anybody. He's Mr. Cub. He is, he'll tell you that. I mean, he roots for the Cubs. But look at the Bears are a story for the first time in a long time. And that makes my co-host Trent Condon very happy. He's a diehard Bears fan. There's a bunch of them in this building. The Bears are relevant, but Cappy's relevant each and every week. Glad to say that Centurion Stone has jumped on board and they're going to make it possible on a weekly basis for Cappy to join us on Wednesday. Haven't locked in a time, and in full disclosure, Cappy's on the air in Chicago right now. So we, Trent and I, will tape Cappy at 8.30 in the morning and probably get to it somewhere um, in the 11 o'clock hour, normally on Wednesdays. Paul Allen is the voice of the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the Vikings season did not go well. Vikings fans, um, you know that. It didn't turn out the way that most people thought that it would. A lot of people thought that this team was ticketed, got so class, close last year. This year they're going to take that next step and get to a, uh, a a Super Bowl. Didn't happen. Season went down in flames for whatever reason. But PA's going to join us, and he's brought to us by one of my dear friends, Leon Emmons, uh, at Mr. Executive. Uh, Paul Allen will join us on Fridays. We will talk to Paulie right through the Super Bowl and on a weekly basis, and it's really cool uh, that we'll be able to do so here because... Well, the Minnesota Vikings play here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We've got the Hawks covered. Mark Morehouse weekly, Scott Dockerman weekly, Tom Cakert weekly. Uh, who am I missing? John Bonacamp from John time to time. John Bonacamp from time to time. Look forward to talking uh, with John. But look, 
The Cedar Rapids Gazette is a terrific newspaper. So it's a registry. Um, but Mark Morehouse is is in tune on on Hawkeye football as anybody. Grateful to have him. Um, and Mark is going to join us, and we'll continue that relationship. Scott Dockerman, uh, as, as I mentioned, from The Athletic, he'll be here on a weekly basis as well. Tom Cakert going to join us on Friday. Uh, Halstead and Mons on Iowa State. Trent and I are both baseball fans. I know that baseball on the radio can get a little bit monotonous from now and then. I'm talking baseball. But look, uh, once the, they cut down the nets in, in the month of April, we're going to talk NBA playoffs. We're going to talk NHL playoffs. We're going to talk Cubs in particular. Trent's a Twins fan. Maybe this is the year that they you know, take a step forward and they're relevant. And Nelson he, Cruz. I saw that. That's a yeah. big signing for them. What's he got left? Nothing, probably, because <laughs> well, he's going you go. to the Twins. <laughs> so what? one and an option, right? Yes. I think is it, is it a mutual option or a team option? I believe it's team. Team option, so they can get rid of him and buy him out if indeed it doesn't go well. Look, um, he's a good player. He's, he's some power, and that the lineup needs some power. So we'll see if the Twins are going to be a factor uh, in the American League Central. But we're both baseball fans. If you like baseball, uh, you're going to like our show in the summer. Here's one of the reasons. I got a number of reasons, and I got a lot of people to thank, and I'm going to. Uh, and then two and well, three in particular. Van Harden, uh, who apparently behind the scenes was really pushing hard for me to come back here, and I'm glad that he was. Uh, Scott Knock, who I got to know when I did my show uh, on Thursdays during the football season at Size Locker Room up in Ames, Scott and I developed a friendship, and we got to know each other uh, real well. And even when I made the biggest career mistake of my life and, and left here, uh, we stayed in touch. You know, if he wanted uh, some information or wanted to, you know, pick my brain a little bit, uh, he didn't hesitate to call. And when he called, I didn't hesitate to answer the phone because he's a good guy. And I trust him, and he was really... Um, as, as big of an influence as getting me back here, I think, as anybody. And, of course, Joel McRae, who I, I think he's the best um, boss that I've ever worked for. I'm not just saying that because I'm back here. I've said that many times when I wasn't here. But he's a terrific, terrific person. He is a, um, a guy that you can, if he says something, you can take that to the bank. He's going to tell you what, how he feels, and I appreciate that. It's, it's ironic. I think the two best people I ever worked for in my career in any, uh, any one of my stops, not just radio, I worked for a guy by the name of Tom Timmons at Prairie Meadows in the, who ironically brought me back as well after I left for Denver when Prairie closed in 1991. Um, Tom brought me back. But where I'm going with this is both of these guys are from Prairie City. Two Prairie City guys. Two best guys I ever worked for. Tom Timmons, who's now... Um, I don't know if the CEO, but he's making these, I think he's the number one. Well, Gary Kirk is, but below, uh, Gary Kirk is Tom Timmons. And I'm, uh, Tom was terrific to work for, but so was Joel McRae. And these guys are the, you know, the main reason that I was able to right or wrong and to get back here where, look, if you want to talk sports and do what we do in this market, there's only one place to do it because it just means more here. It just means more here. And over the, you know, coming weeks slash months, I'll delve more into that uh, and, and explain what that means. But but it just means more uh, here at KXNO. Um, I'm in awe of what this station has become in the, in my absence since I've been gone. And, of course, you watch it because you're envious of what's going on over here. The three shows have taken this station to heights, quite frankly, that... 
I'm not sure that I saw. I thought that they could get to. I'm not sure that I ever gave it any thought, to be real honest with you. But what I've seen from afar is, look, the morning show, the morning rush with Travis and Heather and the former Barnstormer signal caller, um, the ratings that they're putting together are just unbelievable. The number of people that have found their way to this format is in part and parcel a, a tip of the cap and a real tribute to what they're doing here. Ross and Chris, the same way, they brought an entire new audience of people who maybe would never give sports talk the time of day or was never on their preset in their cars uh, to, to listen to sports talk radio. But Ross and Chris have taken this and run with it and brought a whole bunch more people to this format. I'm very grateful for the people that are have joined have rejoined us over here that have been with me um, since, since, in some cases, in a lot of cases, since the very beginning in 1996. Like these people, like myself, I was 36, 37 years old when I went on the air here for the first time doing sports talk radio the very first day. I turned 60 on the 27th of December. Those people that were 40 years old have been listening since day one, they're in their mid-60s now. Think about that. And maybe sports talk has changed and maybe that, you know, like like the dinosaurs that we become, maybe it was, you know, it was losing that part of the demographic. And this is no reflection on anybody what uh, that works here. They do tremendous. They all have way more talent than I'll ever have. They are able to do the and more. You know, Keith and Andy, talking sports and more. I never could. I never could. It's become a big, big uh, factor in the way people do sports talk, the way people consume their sports talk. And sports talk radio is kind of like pizza. You know, it really is. You want some people like the, what's the big, what's the one that Cappy's, uh, the Chicago pizza. What's The it? deep dish. The deep dish yes. pizza. That's the, people love the deep dish pizza. Some people like thun crust cheese. What did you say, Trent? You put pineapple on your face. Well, not me, but, but some, some people. people they p- like the Hawaiian. Right. It's not for everybody. But sports talk radio was kind of like that. And you, you're certainly going to get all different types of pizza here uh, in now the four local programs that KXNO brings your way each and every day. Trent and I are kind of, you know, kind of a one-trick pony. Meat and potatoes. Right. I think it's a pretty good trick. Eh? We're going to talk a lot of sports. We have a lot of guests. We probably, some days, are, are too guest-heavy. But if the, I think the, uh, and, and Trent is a big part of the planning of the show as well, but if we put our collective heads together and think that this guest will fit our show today and make our show better, then we're going to do that. That's how we do it. We will never talk politics. There's no room for politics in sports talk radio. That is a hard, fast rule with me. Now, I don't care. I can't vote. So it's easy for me to do that. But politics will never be a part of it. What else? We don't do a lot of... Movies. Yeah, we don't do a lot of Anmore, although I saw a movie over the break. You did? I saw The Mule. Was it good? No. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. Anyways, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, 
but Trent and I are going to join your join. Hopefully, you'll join us. You know, Monday through Friday from ten until noon, or at least a portion of it. You can always catch the podcast. I believe they're set up right, Trent. They're ready to go. Absolutely. KXNO.com. Yep, we've got a show page. Mm-hmm. Wow, how about that? Uh, so you can catch if you if you miss a guest, you want to listen to it again. You can go to KXNO.com and you can listen to the podcast. But we promise you. That for two hours a day, we are going to talk sports. Whether it's the two needle movers, which are hawks and clones in either order, we will try and do something on Iowa and Iowa State, even if it's out of season. And by out of season, I mean from April until, well, the magazines come out when? In June, and we can really start getting back to college yes. football again. Oh, God, I'm going to miss it. Oh, my God, I'm going to miss it. This The end of football season has always been kind of like a mourning period for me. But we'll persevere and get through and acquiesce and segue to uh, college basketball, which is terrific. But we will get Iowa and Iowa State on a daily basis if possible. The NBA playoffs, they don't move the needle here. But once the seasons are over uh, collegiately, um, the NBA comes into play. I have one we. And by we, I mean when you're talking about your team, it's we. I have one we. And my we doesn't conflict with I do one little bit. Not at all. Right? No, no. My we is the Winnipeg Jets. It's, that's it. And I, and I think that's one of the reasons that I've been able to, you know, to stay on the air as long as I have. 23 years. Twenty Going to start in year number 24 in June. But Hawks and Clones will dominate the program. We're glad you're with us. We're excited to be back here. We're very grateful to be back here. As I was driving in today, I was thinking, you know, it's almost four years to the day that I made the biggest career mistake of my life. And to be given an opportunity to come back and, I guess, write the final chapter of my radio career and to do so here, it's something that I'm not sure I ever thought I would get the opportunity to do so but i'm amazingly grateful that i was given that opportunity it was a huge mistake on my part one day i'm going to go into in fact one day trent i think we'll start with jimmy b yes who we both worked with uh-huh um we got to get Brinson on one day. We oh, really yeah, do. Yeah. Because he never had a chance to say goodbye to Des Moines. Because right. his Des Moines career is now over. He was with you in the end. And we'll have Jimmy B on. But Jimmy B, one Friday, about 6 o'clock, because I'm assuming that, I, that I'd that done something um, as far as taping the 6 o'clock hour. Cause get out never, early. Right. I was never really good big on staying here much after 6. Um, but I'm sure there was some. But, but back to Brinson. Brinson... Five minutes to six on the Friday of the Cyhawk game in 2014. I think it might have even been his final words on KXNO. Where, well, Cole Netton's going to kick a game-winning field goal. It's a pretty big call. Pretty big call. But it's a never, huge upset. It, it, no, was the game tied at the? Was it at the time, or did it? Was it a game? I know it was a game winner, but was it tied, or were? Was Iowa State behind? Thirteen, twelve, Iowa. I think had I the don't lead. remember because it was remember. fifteen, thirteen. I think final. No, that was no? that was a Brett Culberson game. That was okay. Yeah, that was the Shaggy game. I don't recall. I, I anyways, but Cole Netton kicked the game winner. And if it wasn't as time expired, it was within the last five seconds of the football game. Point being. I mean, if you're gonna make, if you make that call, and that's the way the game goes, don't you want to come back on Monday and you know, gloat? Brinson never came back to work. 2017, 2017. So it was a game winner, but the game was tied. Jimmy B calls Cole Netton's going to win. Iowa State's going to win the game on a last-second Cole Netton field goal. A, 
He's going on a limb saying an Iowa State kicker is going to win a football game. Think about that. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And then he quit. And I will start there, and I will get all the way to what was behind the biggest career mistake of my life. And we'll come back with Scott Darkerman. Glad you're with us, Trent Condon. And I'm glad he's with me. I think one of the, the two of the, the two boxes that really had to be checked that I'm most grateful for. A, that I'm in this chair for the first time in four years. And B, I was able to bring TC with me into this building because this is where sports matter. Mm-hmm. And Trent, as, as you probably found within the last, and this is no offense to anybody up the dial, who were both really, I think, probably appreciative yes. of the opportunity that we were given over there. They're good people. Chad Taylor, the PD over there, works as you know what off. They're trying to elevate that station. I know how difficult it is to go up against these call letters. These call letters resonate in central Iowa. If you want to talk sports and you want to be heard, you have to do so here. Trent, I'm glad you're with me. I really am. I hope that you're the last co-host that I work with. Welcome home, Ken Miller. Thank you. I'm 60 years old. I think I checked at some point over the holiday. I think it's 66 in three months I can get a pension. <laughs> the countdown begins. Yeah. You know what? And then, and then honestly, I'm, you know, in a perfect world, and a lot of people will think what I'm about to say and go, What? I want to be. I want to go to Sundays and be one guy named Ken. Do that hour. Take over that old show. Two names, guys named Jim. That's the one. But a lot of people. What the hell is he talking? Now about? I know your justification behind it. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> it's at home. Yes, it is. I got. I got to watch this game because I, I got to work Sunday night for a full hour. Honey, I can't miss this game. Yeah, I'm very appreciative there too. I should. I should. Uh, while I'm uh, throwing praise everywhere, I probably should start right there because the first month after four years ago. I was sleeping on the couch. Oh, it was awful. Uh, but we'll do that another day. We'll talk to Scott Dockerman next. We'll recap Iowa uh, and their win yesterday over Mississippi State. We'll take a look at who may or may not be leaving. Some eligibility on the table. And that's a big factor in both Iowa City and certainly in Ames over the coming few days as guys make their decisions. Do what's right for them, not what's right for you. Hawkeye Cyclone fan, but what's right for them, they'll make that decision. We'll talk about it. Scott Dockerman is next. Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football and the bowls that were, and then Dylan Montz joins us at one at 11.15, rather. Uh, we'll talk Iowa State, their bowl game in San Antonio, the Alamo Bowl. Look ahead to Oklahoma State and Big 12 Conference play tonight, and then we will take your calls if you're so inclined. We will save a uh, a window each and every day to take calls. That's important to the people here at KXNO. We promised them that we would, and we will. Trent and I are back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Here, Why you need to draft a wide receiver in the first round? I'm the big dog here, right? So you already have that thing going, number one. Then we're playing the Dolphins down in Miami, and Bledsoe throws two beautiful bombs to Lee Evans for long touchdowns. It was sweet. It was awesome. Lee Evans could roll. I mean, he was fast. And I... You know I'm a dreamer, but my heart's a gold. I had a runaway All right, welcome back. See what you're missing? It's Miller and Condon here as we take you up until noon. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's recap the Outback Bulls, shall we? Down to Tampa we go. Scott Darkman getting ready to leave. That just absolutely spectacular weather. I covered a couple of Outback Bulls, Doc, uh, yesterday. 
Boy, oh boy, um, weather certainly worked out in everybody's favor. All those Hawkeye fans that traveled down there, what a beautiful day for football. You know, when I walked in and I saw those, uh, you know, kind of reddish-colored seats, I, immediately I it just makes me think of, uh, you know, like the, the second uh, Saturday in September every year going to Jack Dry Stadium. I mean, it was about 80 degrees, yep. uh, you know, sunny day, red seats, so... Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was certainly nice for the fans who spent their money to to travel down here and and for the players and uh, you know and they got you know really a whale of a ball game if you ask me. No, they really did, Doc. It was entertaining in a lot of fronts and you know there's so many takeaways and we'll get to a couple of them here coming up. Um, you know, one of the ones that really struck me and it was it, it was probably I don't know which which one of the media that posted it, but when Nick Easley was asking a, was asked a question about you know about his head coach and, and somebody had uh, you know had the had the wherewithal to take a picture of Kirk Ferentz, you know he's such an emotional guy. You can tell why the players love to play for him. And that picture with me, and maybe it's just because I'm six years old and I cry at commercials now, uh, but it, it brought me to tears. It brought a tear to my eye just thinking about that. That's one of the you know the game game aside. I'll remember Kirk Ferentz and Nick Easley talking about him and, and the effect that it had on the uh, head coach. Kirk is, uh, you know, he's channeling his inner Dick Vermeil over the last mm-hmm. years. Uh, you know, and I covered Dick for five years in Kansas City, so I'd actually say that uh, Ferentz is more of a blubber than he is. Uh, he cries at about everything, probably commercials too. Um, he, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, uh, that sequence, I did watch him. You know, he was standing up against the wall when Nick Easley was up there. And, and you know, the, the players that seem to touch him and, and some of the other coaches tend to be those the, the walk-ons, the tryhards, the guys who just get the most out of their ability and they put the most into it. And you can tell that there's a special relationship and bond there. And, and when he was standing up and, you know, and, and Nick Easley got a little choked up. You know, he kind of had to pause for a second. And, and uh, you look over at Kirk and he's just kind of got his head down and, all of a sudden, he's wiping away a tear, and you know, kind of, uh, you know, you know, cra- you know, had a face with the makes where he's trying to hold back his uh, hold back, biting his lip. Yeah, exactly. But he's also um, he's done that a lot. You know, I remember ten years ago at the Outback Bowl here, um, you know, standing on the sidelines. I was right over by him when he gets dumped by Gatorade the year that, and he hugs uh, Rob Ruggeman and starts crying. Mm. So uh, he, he gets very emotional. I'm not. I'm not sure. There's much to read into it. I just. I. You know. I know. There's the speculation that that you might hang it up. I'm not quite there yet on that. But you know. I mean, anything's possible. The man's in his sixth season. You know. Maybe he sees that as his best route. But you know. I know that. I don't think it is his final route. Doc, good to talk to you again uh, after the game. Of course, the biggest question for a lot of people is: Is this the final game for player X, Y, and Z? Take us down the road with, of course, Noah Fant. We know already gone. His running mate at the tight end position with T.J. Hawkinson, Hooker, and maybe some other possibilities out there. What are you hearing? And sounds like we're going to get a decision from Hawk here in the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Hawkinson to me was almost saying his goodbye. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on, on the field, he handed his gloves to a little kid when he walked over the sidelines. He handed his jersey to his brother very emotional for him and he was even you could tell you know kind of struggling with it a little bit you know in, in interviews and you know and, and so i i kind of think he's gone and, and really i nobody should blame him i mean the guy's got a chance to to uh 
you know, be a first-round pick, make a significant amount of money. I mean, what happens just even, let's say he gets a high ankle sprain and it costs him a couple games or a mid-foot sprain like George Kittle. Uh, you know, that probably cost George Kittle, you know, a couple of rounds. And and so you, you look at that, and I think he's gone. As far as Imani Hooker goes, um, you know, it, it's an interesting decision. I mean, I've been hearing mostly that he's probably going to leave, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's very, you know, he played his cards tight to the vest yesterday. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's really a, you know, he has a decision. He hasn't really, you know, hasn't told very many people. And same thing with Anthony Nelson, who I think has a little bit more of an interesting uh, decision to make because, you know, there's so many great defensive so linemen deep. going to the draft. Yep. And But then he's also academically the one in the best shape. You know, he's a four-year guy, brilliant. He's going to graduate. Uh, he'll do great things in this world after football is over with. But, but you know, if, if he comes back, he might be the fifth defensive lineman taken this year. He might be the 14th, you know. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that I have a strong feel for those two. Uh, for Hooker and, and uh, Nelson, if I if you were to, if I had to be pegged on him, I'd probably say Hooker goes and Nelson stays. But I, I think it'd go either way. Yeah, I'm with you, Doc. I feel like, uh, and you hit the nail on the head. There's so much depth. If you take a look at, you know, at mock drafts, and sadly that's what Bronco fans are relegated to doing, and and, and a whole bunch of teams, uh, 18 or 20 other teams, fan bases are already looking at mock drafts at this point. It's one after another defensive ends, and Anthony Nelson's a terrific player, and maybe the, the Hawkeye fans and the Hawkeye program gets lucky for for that very reason. But let me pick up on something you said earlier, because I had not heard this. Um, do you think there's a chance that Ference is is really you know wrestling with this decision? If this is the time to go, is there speculation? Is it legitimate speculation that that, that uh, the longtime head man at the University of Iowa is actually you know wrestling with this decision? I don't think that that's legitimate. You know, and again, we get these rumors from here and there, and and yesterday was you know just seemed to kind of creep up out of nowhere that hey you know this might be it for parents and you know and so you you, you know you have to always check into them because you just don't know. But mm-hmm. in this case, that was kind of the discussion and. You know, uh, you know, before the game, kind of hearing that it, you know, okay, no, it's not going to happen. But, you know, then you see the, you know, the way he teared up, and then that kind of leads to that, oh, you know, he's tearing up because it's the end. But I, I, I just don't see that. I think, you know, the team that he's got coming back, um, you know, he's a very competitive man. It just uh, did the trajectory of his career just didn't seem to be at the completion stage yet. So, uh, you know, maybe give him one more year and maybe that'll happen, but I just don't see it now. Doc, already seeing pro- preseason top 25s coming out for 2019. No, we're not, are we? Even real? with another game remaining with Alabama and Clemson, a lot's going to depend on these guys and the decisions we talked about, but is Iowa at least in that realm, in the conversation throughout the long summertime about being on the fringes of a top 25 team? They should be. Frankly, I mean, you know, you bring back a, a three-year starter, a quarterback who's had 52 touchdowns in two years. Uh, you bring back two uh, potential NFL-caliber tackles. Um, you know, some wide receivers that they finally have some depth and experience at that position. And then on the other side of the ball, which is most important, you mm-hmm. have you know the best pass rusher in the country. And next year, in my opinion, and AJ Epineza, you have a secondary that intercepted you know 20 passes. Uh, you know, second straight year that they've been in the top two nationally. Uh, you know, you have, you know, everybody coming back at linebacker. I, I think this is, uh, you know, they've got the potential to be the favorite in the West Division. 
Um, so to me, that should I, I think they end up the year ranked this year. I think they're probably somewhere around 23, and then I think they should start that next year with that kind of ranking because, yeah, their schedule gets a little bit more difficult. Certainly the road games are going to be challenging, but I think they're capable of being in that um, that realm. So, yeah, I think they should be ranked to start the season. Mm-hmm. You know who's, uh, who made a play yesterday, Doc, that, that I think is kind of flying under the radar a little bit, and it was pure hustle. Hankins on the on the long pass, um, uh, the fifty one yarder, right? It was fifty one yarder. I'm pretty sure to Gidry, and I believe that that Hankins thought he had safety help behind him and kind of passed him off, only to realize that oh god, there's nobody there, um, and then hustled all the way down the field to really get Gidry by his shoestrings. And prevented him from scoring a touchdown, which subsequently uh, would keep four points off the board. At least you think he's going to make the the kick uh, afterwards, right? For the the complete the, the seven points. But Hank has made a hell of a play there, and I don't think there's too many people talking about that. In the scheme of things, that was kind of one that was overlooked a little bit. Yeah, I thought it was overlooked, you know, quite a bit. I mean, you know, there's just so many pivotal plays that I think in this case it, it was just a uh, you know. Uh, you know that, that that one you know didn't quite get the due that it deserved, and I I think once we start to reflect on what happened in the game, the the small details, the the plays, I think then that's when you know, and we start to look at and analyze in the off season, you know what the these guys had done. I I, I think this is where um, you know plays like what Matt Hankins did is going to kind of amplify his his career, the second part of his career, and and he's going to kind of develop into that leadership role and. You know, you can't uh, dismiss what he was able to do in the passing game, as as well as I mean, you know, granted, I wrote a lot about Gervas and and Nick Easley, you mm-hmm. know, walk on kind of Warriors, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, Matt Hankins is a quality cover corner, you know, that started as a true freshman, and you know, now that he's healthy again, has really played well, and and uh, you know, and Iowa got 17 points off Mississippi State turnovers, and Mississippi State got 14 points off Iowa turnovers, so I mean, both teams really, you know, made those keys plays but you know yeah i mean you look at the score it's not much that you know there's changes that could have happened had you know he let that ball go nate stanley against a very good defense he'll be back it looks like more than likely for his senior year doc this offseason what what more can be done for him you know the upside certainly is there the arm strength the power everything that he has what more needs to be done this offseason for him to take another step as a college quarterback He's got to be more accurate, and he's got to be more consistent. And uh, I think he was better this year, frankly, than he was a year ago. But I also think, uh, you know, his inconsistency really hurt Iowa at times. I think the Penn State game really displayed that. But, you know, uh, that said, I mean, he's got, uh, the, you know, the, the tangibles that you're wanting out of the position. He's big, strong, athletic. He can throw the ball. You know, he knows coverages. He could read the coverages. Uh, he knows what to do you know it's just a matter of making sure that his mind and his arm kind of all work together at the same time and yesterday outside of one bad pass i thought he did a really nice job i mean mississippi state was the best defense i've seen in years Mm -hmm. the only one that comes close was the 2016 michigan team and uh you know i obviously could not run the ball against them and then so they had to go to the air and two years ago that didn't work at all uh, this year, you know, they were able to do that. They were able to take advantage of their mistakes. I mean, you know, I don't know that last year he would have been able to see that route as quickly as he did with uh, with Nick Easley, and he probably would have overthrown him, you know, but mm-hmm. get him in stride. Yeah. 75-yard touchdown pass. Um, 
you know, they really made some good adjustments in the game, in the passing game, that I think really elevated the, the team to, to victory. So, you know, with him, if he could take that next step, be more consistent, you know, be more accurate, not look lost in certain games, um, I, I think he's capable of, of taking Iowa to a, you know, a really high level. So uh, it's smart for him. He's still only a true junior. So, you know, if he redshirted, he only would have been a redshirt sophomore. So, I think he's got a lot of, uh, you know, he's, he's got some time, and you know, and he's got a chance to really make himself uh, some money possibly in the future. Scott Dockerman of the from the Athletic, if you got money in your stocking this year and you're looking to spend a little bit on uh, sports media, uh, I highly recommend the Athletic. Not just because of Doc, Doc's terrific, but it's just so much more in those teams. Uh, there's essentially uh, your team is covered. Um, fair to say, we can almost say that now. Iowa State's got to get. Uh, a writer assigned to them, but it's a terrific website and it's unbelievably inexpensive. And it is the future uh, of journalism uh, as far in the uh, as far as on the net. Scott, great stuff. Travel safe back home. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Yeah, good to talk to you, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic, and I mean that. Trent and I are both subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't get paid to endorse it, but not we're, yet. Oh. What are, you, what are you planning? Oh, we got a little more pull over here, don't we? Well, I hope so. I, I do. And if you want to be a part of the show as far as uh, you want your message heard, uh, we'd love to have you uh, at uh, Miller and Condon. And, well, on any of the programs, Absolutely. quite honestly. We'll take a time out. We're going to talk to Bama Bob next. We'll go around college football, do the Bulls with Bama. We'll save the championship game for Monday. The right two teams are in it. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, but uh, Bama, Trent, and I, around the bowl season, Coming up next as we continue here, Trent and I until noon, uh, it's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. It's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO. We're here Monday through Friday from uh, 10 until noon. Uh, this portion of the program, uh, this hour of the program, brought to you by our friends at Fuller Family Dentist, uh, Stephen Fuller. A couple of locations, 2822 East 29th Street in Des Moines, also 410 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Fuller Family Dentistry, grateful uh, for their support. Grateful to talk to this guy, and sadly, we're not going to have a lot of opportunities to talk to this guy for very much longer as uh, college football is coming to an end, Bam, I'm sorry I'm late. I got a little long-winded uh, in the opening segment, so apologies for that because we've got a lot of ground to cover with you. How are you, pal? Doing great, Kenny, and it's good to be back with you. Yeah, good to be back with you. And, you know, guys, let me start with this for both of you. And I, I didn't obviously didn't want to do this, um, sadly. Um, you know, uh, passing yesterday of Tyler Trent. Um, is he maybe as big a story this year as there was in college football? When you think about what he did and use college football um, as a vehicle, I guess, with his fanship at Purdue, is he one of the biggest, not, not footnotes, because I, he's, he's clearly more than that, but you know where I'm going, Bama. I'll remember, yeah. I'll remember him this year for, for college football. I really will. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, Scott Bentelt, I watched his show last night, and uh, he had him on a lot and, you know, painted the the Purdue logo after he lost a bet uh, when Purdue beat Maryland in basketball, and uh, he had a really fitting tribute to him last night on his show. And, yeah, I mean, I think he, it certainly it made an impact, made a difference, uh, made Purdue a little relevant. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at it that way. But, um, you know, we've seen these stories before. Uh, sadly, we see them, um, you know, far too frequently. Uh, we, you know, with the, the tradition with Iowa, you know, in the children's hospitals, mm-hmm. I think one of the, the, the best new traditions 
that I hope just goes on forever. Uh, you know, when they, they turn around and wait, both teams do it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he'll – for all the, the, the crap that went on, you know, with Urban Meyer and Zach Smith and all the other ugliness, you know, guys not playing in balls and, you know, all the other crap that goes on on the field, uh, he certainly had his uh, moment in the spotlight and, you know, really none better. And, and I'm glad that he – I'm glad he got to see them beat Ohio State. Really? Um, you know, the ball game didn't go the way they wanted it to, obviously. But uh, I'm really glad that he got to uh, uh, watch them be Ohio State. And, yeah, it, it's sad, but, um, you know, we move on. Bama, you're down there in SEC country. We know a conference that loves to beat their chest about conference superiority and, and what they've done in bowl games and the like. What conference impressed you most here as we get ready for the national championship game? Who would you give that number one gold star to? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's, it, I think it's balanced. I mean, the, you know, the Big Ten's had their moments. Um, Big Ten you know, West? Was, yeah. What's that? The Big Ten West? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, was, Kentucky beats Penn State, mm-hmm. but, you know, uh, Iowa beats um, uh, Mississippi State yesterday. Uh, you know, Texas goes, you know, Georgia goes down, you know, then you get into the whole motivation thing. This, that's why bowl season is so hard. It is. Um, you know, uh, it's... It, there's a lot of it is that comes down to, you know, who wants to be there. I mean, you know, the the Oregon Michigan State game was unwatchable. It was so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, but then you get you get Missouri and Oklahoma State, which was which is incredibly entertaining. Uh, both teams wanted to be there, so you know, listen, the SEC I think you know certainly held their held their own. Uh, you know, Michigan getting blown out was at the Peach Bowl, and that was an ugly game for Michigan. How much uh, was the get in price, Bama? How much did you pay to get in? Uh, it was about seventy-five bucks. It wasn't much. That was off of StubHub, but you could have got, um, you, you know, it, the the, chick, <laughs> the tickets. Now, listen, the, the the arena was filled. I mean, and that is a beautiful stadium. I mean, I've not been to Jerry's Jerry's World out there, but I'm telling you that Mercedes Benz Dome is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it's going to hold the Super Bowl this year. So, um, but I, I mean, it was filled. It was passionate. Uh, emptied out, you know, early for the Michigan fans. But the Florida fans were into it, and I think that's one of the things you can't really factor in. Uh, you know, you look at Northwestern with their comeback uh, over Utah, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a you know a stunner. They were down what shocking or yeah. whatever, yeah, whatever it was, and um, so that, that's why some of these games it's really hard to say. You know, one conference is the best. I mean, the, the game I enjoyed the most was the LSU UCF game yesterday. I mean. That, and and I tell you, we're, we're used to UCF, you know, with the whole respect card and, you know, claiming their silly national championships. And, you know, they're, they're becoming an irritant, really, to everybody else. And uh, that was personal for LSU yesterday. I mean, they really wanted to make a statement that, look, you guys can't compete in the SEC. And I know it goes along with, you know, listen, hey, that McKenzie Milton, look at what happened. Well, LSU was playing wide receivers at CBs yesterday because, you know, Greedy Williams sits out and they had two guys tossed during the game. But um, that, to me, was really interesting in the fact that it, it, it was personal from LSU side of it. I mean, we're used to UCF wanting to show they can play with the big boys that they beat Auburn last year, which was another team I'll, I'll still say didn't want to be there after they lost the SEC championship game. LSU wanted a piece of UCF yesterday, and they wanted to dish it out, and they weren't embarrassed about it. Devin White even said afterwards, listen, these guys can't compete in the league we compete in. Um, so it was personal, and I, I thought that was really, really entertaining theater yesterday. Hmm. Boys, uh, Trent, you start. Uh, your your favorite post-Christmas 
not including the playoffs, and we'll mm-hmm. save the playoff, Bama, obviously, for Monday. We'll have you back on at this time to preview it. Um, so same question for both of you. Post-Christmas, what bowl game will you remember? Not Iowa, Iowa State. Okay. We'll save those I, two. The Alamo Bowl would be number one. Yeah, me. it was a great bowl. It, it was a great bowl. Okay, other yeah. than the Alamo Bowl, and I think, Bama, you said uh, in a text to me, uh, you know, what a great game it was as well. But, Trent, give, give me a bowl game that you'll remember. I think the Northwestern That's comeback against too. Utah. Yeah. I, I, the Holiday Bowl. Whittingham is unbelievable in bowl games. Mm-hmm. And to do that, that was impressive. Did you see the halftime? I mean, they were trying to... Wanstead and company were, oh my God, we got another half of this? <laughs> oh my, how are we going to try and keep this audience? I mean, Fitz just, he's a witch. Yes. How about you, Bama? Yeah, I like that one. Um, I thought the Oklahoma State-Missouri game was really mm-hmm. good, Liberty Ball. Yeah, um, Drew Locke is getting stopped at the um, end. And I mentioned yesterday, I mean, uh, to me, the, the, the best game, I mean, Kentucky-Penn State was entertaining. Mm-hmm. And good for Kentucky, 10 wins. And Benny Snell, you know, maybe getting a little love, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh you know, Allen. Good, good, good win over a big team, uh, you know, a big-name team. But I, I still go back to, I think, my favorite game so far uh, outside of the playoffs has is, is been LSU-UCF. I mean, that game to me yesterday, it, it was just, it's too bad it had to, you know, I don't know, two-thirds empty or a third empty stadium, whatever it was. Obviously, you know, fans can't travel that much. And we'll get into it, uh, I'm sure, Friday. But uh, there's, I think there's going to be some empty seats for the National Championship. Yeah. You, can get on, you can get a ticket for about 50 bucks uh, if you want to pay your way out there. But that LSU-UCF game to me was just – and maybe it's because, of, you know, I'm just so tired of hearing a UCF, you know, pipe off and everything. But that, that to me, just the way LSU took that, as an affront. The LSU, I mean, it wasn't the other, I mean, UCF wanted to show they belonged, and LSU went out of their way to show guys you don't belong, you can't compete, you're not a Power 5 team, you couldn't play in the SEC. You know, they showed, they said it before the game, they said it after the game, they said it on the field. I mean, it was, it was, that to me was, I, I was into that game yesterday. That mm-hmm. and the, uh, of course, the Winter Classic, yeah. Yeah, I saw a little bit of it, but, but uh, yeah, football had my eyeballs. You know, the other yeah. thing, um, the the Boise State Boston College game being canceled. I mean, the poor fan base, poor kids on that. Yeah, that was Here, here's another takeaway, guys. We, how much time we got left, Trent? Like a minute, about a minute left. Um, you know what's going to really become a talker here? We're seeing college coaches say no thanks to the NFL. Matt Campbell, no thanks, Jets. Lincoln Riley. Now the Dallas job, whether if it had opened up, don't know. He's out. Um, who am I missing? Fitzy turns down. Fitzgerald turns down a chance to interview with Green Bay. Bam, we're out of time. Uh, sorry about cutting you short here. We will uh, do so uh, in the days to come. Thank you, Bama Bob. Appreciate it. All right. Take care, guys. And always enjoy it. Yeah, I'm good to talk to you, Bama Bob. Trent and I going around college football. We'll take your calls coming up about 1130. Dylan Montz on Iowa State at 1115. Trent and I in Tulum, 1460 KXNO.